You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Friday, November 3rd, and we're talking Royals baseball today with Jeffrey Flanagan, our Royals reporter for MLB.com. Jeffrey, we thank you for the time, and uh, this is day two of the still very young offseason. And uh, with that, we're looking ahead to the Royals prospects in 2018. A lot of uh, uncertainty with the Royals right now, given the status of uh, many of their free agents. And uh, so uh, a lot of, like I said, uncertainty, a lot a lot to work on in the winter. But before we kind of get to that and break that down, I want to get your thoughts on the just-concluded World Series between the Astros and the Dodgers and the Astros for the first time ever uh, rule the baseball world. And, Jeffrey, I got to think that from the Royals fans' perspective, uh, you know, maybe they feel something of a kinship uh, towards the Astros for the simple fact that when you look at the Royals' run in 2014 and 2015, you know, this was a team that, you know, endured a lot of losing. They stockpiled, uh, you know, young, talented players, waited for them to blossom. They do, and then it results in a pennant and a World Series, and that's pretty much the same trajectory that the Astros took uh, to winning it all here in 2017. So do you see some similarities there? Where Do you think Royals fans are maybe pulling for the Astros because they saw a lot of their team in Houston? Yeah, I don't know if they were pulling for them, but actually there are some similarities. I mean, Houston definitely did. Uh, you know, develop their young guys, and we saw that with you know Altuve and Correa and and, and all the other guys. Uh, and the Royals certainly did that um, and got to the World Series in fourteen and fifteen and won it all in fifteen. And uh, I think they did it uh, in a little different manner. I mean, what, what you and I talked about last week. Uh, really, the World Series came down to. Uh, I know they set an all-time record for home runs. It became kind of a home run derby, and I think the Royals in 14 and 15 really did it in a different fashion where um, they relied on uh, elite defense. You know, they led the league in stolen bases, uh, put the ball in play, strike out, and you see that kind of baseball in, in the World Series was kind of the opposite of that, actually. So... Um, from the Royals' perspective, um, it's certainly great to see you know a team like the Astros develop young guys and and see them mature and become you know world champions. Uh, but I do think there there definitely is a difference, uh, and I've talked that with a lot of Royals officials too. That it's, it's certainly been a different way to win a World Series. And hey, however you get it, you know you still get it, and flags fly forever. Mm-hmm. So there is that. Yeah, and and great point by you is, you know, even though, you know, the two franchises, you know, went through the same development stages to build their teams, the way the teams, you know, executed, so much different because the Royals, you know, they had modest power and a lights-out bullpen. The Astros, lights-out power and a very (laughs) suspect bullpen, which they got away with for seven games against a very good-hitting Dodger club. But, uh, you know, like you said, flags fly forever. They got the job done. And uh, today, as we talk on this Friday parade day in Houston for a region that sorely needs uh, some happiness and some good times and celebration, and they're going to get it today for sure. Well, Jeffrey, as we uh, break down the Royals prospects in 2018, and uh, we were kind of discussing off the phone that, or off the microphone here, that, uh, you know, with so many guys up for free agency, it's hard to pinpoint, you know, what this team is going to look like, but we'll do our best. What would you say right now is the Royals' biggest area of need, and how do you see them filling that need or or potentially needs? Do you see trades, a free agent splash, uh, a guy from the minors? What do you think? Well, it definitely will be a free agent splash because they'll have a hard enough time uh, even re-signing one or two of their own free agents. 
But I, I really think the biggest uh, issue for them going forward is they've got to get back to what got them to the World Series in 14 and 15, which was, you know, a very athletic, speedy team with a shutdown bullpen. And they didn't have that last year in terms of a shutdown bullpen. Um, it really – they had moments where they were very good in the bullpen, but uh, when it counted, uh, they really didn't have a, a lockdown closer. Kelvin Herrera was that guy for most of the year, and finally he uh, succumbed in the second half and, and lost his job. And they've, they've got to find a way. You know, it's going to be hard to replace guys like Wade Davis and Greg Holland. We all knew that. But uh, they have to get back to that original thinking by, by Dayton Moore that uh, – if we're going to be ahead in the game in the sixth or seventh inning, we have got to lock it down because if you, if you blow games late, as you know, uh, that has kind of a hangover effect that lasts one, two, three days uh, when you think you've got a game one and the bullpen doesn't come through. So we, we, we witnessed that a lot last year, last year uh, late in the season. And I think they've got to, I think that'll be Dayton's number one priority this offseason is whether or not he's able to re sign Haas or Moose or Kane or whoever, they have to get back to having uh, the original formula of having a shutdown bullpen late. And that's not easy to do, but, you know, they've got a guy like Mike Miner um, who I just reported today, uh, you know, rejected his mutual option, which you knew was going to come. But he's a guy who could be a you know a big time closer like Wade Davis was. Um, they've got some set of guys with Scott Alexander. Uh, they can re-sign uh, Peter Moylan possibly for affordable price, and it, I think that's the direction they got to go in, in terms of biggest needs. I would say that's number one. They've got to get back to that shutdown bullpen. No question there. And, Jeffrey, on the uh, flip side of things, uh, looking at this roster top to bottom, what would you say right now, at least here in early November, is the team's biggest area of strength? Oh, boy. That, uh, I, I still think that overall they're a very good defensive team. Uh, you know, they've got Whit Merrifield at second base who emerged uh, uh, basically as a rookie last year. He was not classified as a rookie, but – uh, very good at second base. Uh, Chester Cuthbert is a fine defensive player. Uh, Salvador Perez, of course, is going to be back for several more years. Uh, Alex Gordon, Gold Glove nominee again, left field. Uh, you know, if, even if they lose Lorenzo Cain, <clears throat> they've got Paul Orlando in center field, uh, who is, a, I, to me, watching him every day is a plus center fielder who can really chase down a lot of balls. Um, so I, I would think that defensively it's still going to be a strength uh, going forward. Uh, it, it's just a matter of uh, can they, you know, find enough offense to support that defense um, going forward in 2018. And Jeffrey, I want you to identify uh, two guys for us here. One guy that is possibly a progression candidate in 2018, maybe a guy that overperformed a little bit this past season, uh, maybe coming off a career year perhaps. Then on the flip side, a guy that could bounce back in 2018 after not performing up to par here in 2017. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the last one first. I, I think Alex Gordon, of course, we all know of uh, the struggles he's had since he signed the big contract. He's, he's not been productive offensively. It's really been a disaster offensively, but – we saw some things in September where he actually started to like adjust his batting stance a little bit and adjust his approach defense. I mean, offensively, to try to go a little bit more to the opposite field, which we saw from Mike Mustakis uh, a couple of years ago. 
Um, and everybody shifts Alex Gordon right now. If he can continue to go to the opposite field, maybe he'll be that guy that emerges. And he's got two years left with $44 million on his contract. So they really need him to, to step forward and be that guy that, that, that rises above. Uh, in terms of regression, you know, uh, a lot of people could say, hey, look, Whit Merrifield is, you know, a flash in the pan. You know, he came out of nowhere and he had, you know, 19 homers, led the league in stolen bases last year. But I, I really don't think that he's going to regress at all. I think actually he's an ascending player um, who's going to get better and better. Uh, he's 29 years old and he plays a solid uh, second base. And the more he plays second base, the better he gets at it defensively. But I, I do think that also offensively, uh, we haven't seen his ceiling yet. I mean, I think he really has, you know, the more he started to learn uh, pitching in the second half of the season, he got better and better. Uh, he's an explosive player. He can do a lot of things with the bat. He can hit home runs. He can hit and run. You know, he can uh, steal bases. Uh, he's an exciting player. So, a lot of people, maybe a lot of Sabre guys might look at him, a guy who might regress, but I would disagree. Yeah, and hopefully, uh, like you said, that upward trajectory continues from Merrifield uh, into the 2018 season. Uh, and, and like you pointed out, he's 29. He, he's not you know, on the, the younger end of things, so he's, you know, he's, been, he's been seasoned more than, yep. than some of the guys that have come up and have the limited experience that he does have at the big league level. But being 29, maybe that offsets that a little bit and he could continue to develop as a major leaguer in 2018 and beyond. Uh, Jeffrey, to wrap up here, I think that when you look at the Royals or any other team in baseball, you can categorize them one of five ways. You've got your rebuilding teams, you've got your non-contending teams, then moving up the, the totem pole a little bit, teams contending for a wild card, teams contending for a division title, and then ultimately teams contending to win the World Series. Of those five, where do the Royals fit best right now? Oh, that's a tough one. That really is a tough one. I, you know, you know, David Morris told me over the years that he never wants to concede a season. That you know, even even though you know payroll has to be cut back a little bit this year, and they might not be able to resign these guys, that he's not conceding the fact that they can't be competitive. In um, you know, the, the cynic in me says, "Well, how can you do that?" But I do think that with the emergence of guys like like. Whit Merrifield, Jorge Bonifacio in right field. Uh, we Paul Orlando hit 300 two years ago. Um, he could they could fill the gap for there. Uh, they they do need a replacement at first base if Hosmer leaves. But uh, I still think they, they they have the core to be very competitive. Um, and they just need a couple of guys to come up from the minor leagues and uh, be surprises, which all small small market teams need to have happen. And if that happens. You know, we might just see like a to go to your five uh, categories. I would say a slight reset, a slight rebuild. I don't think it's going to be a major one, but I think it'll, it will definitely be a minor one. It's going to be a very interesting off season, to say the least, for Dayton Moore and friends in Kansas City. We'll see what kind of a team they field uh, for opening day 2018. Jeffrey Flanagan, great stuff as always. We'll do it again next week. In the meantime, Matt Waymeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals.